Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we have two projects going to give you one-on-one -on, -one on what they're doing in the cryptocurrency digital asset blockchain space. Our first one we have today, we have an open source decentralized platform. This is Minds.com, and we have on Mr. Bill Ottoman, the CEO, who's going to tell us about what he's doing with this platform. You might have seen him on the Joe Rogan Experience, and that link will be in the description if you want to check out that interview with him. We also have on a project that's changing the way we collaborate and the way that you can outsource projects, Bounties Network. And we have Simona Pop which is probably the coolest name I've heard in a while, on the show to tell us all about that. But before we get into those 101 episodes, please go to Crypto101podcast.com. There you can enter your email to put yourself in the mix to get the free book that's coming out here in about a month. Crypto 101 is writing a second book about blockchain, cryptocurrency, and motivation for being in the space. It's called Crypto Revolution, and we are excited about it. So put your email in Crypto101podcast.com to be notified when the free book is ready to be shipped to your house. Also, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe, leave us a rating, and a comment. It'll help us stay visible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, our Twitter, our Facebook, or Instagram. You can also find that at Crypto101podcast.com, or you can go to Twitter and at Crypto underscore underscore 101 and follow us there. If you happen to be on Facebook, you can find us at Crypto 101 Community. Add us there. Don't forget to fill out the questions, the questionnaire, so we know that you're not a bot, you're not a scammer, you're not a spammer, and you're just good people trying to join our community. If you happen to find yourself in New York City and you want to go to the Ethereal Summit, think about using our promo code, Crypto10120ES, for 20% off the ticket price. If you're there, you're going to see great speakers such as Caitlin Long, Joe Lubin, and you're going to see myself there as well with many others in the crypto space. I love these events where I can sit down with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency blockchain enthusiasts and just wrap out all day long about the future of blockchain technology. And just a reminder, this is not trading advice, financial advice, investment advice, or personal advice. And I want to say a special thank you to LinkedIn for sponsoring this episode. Jay LaBella, thank you for editing this episode. Now, without further ado, we're going to start with Minds.com. Enjoy the show. Bill Ottman, CEO and co-founder of Minds.com. Welcome to Crypto 101, sir. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Look, we're both over here hanging out at Ethereum Denver. You said you're based in Connecticut? Based in Connecticut. Right on. And I just flew in from San Diego and three thousand other people converge onto this area to hack to code to talk about projects and i'm excited that you reached out to us to come on crypto 101 sir and i would love to know a little bit about minds.com but before we get into that tell us about yourself let's see i did not start off in tech i majored in english and music at uvm uvm I, at uvm yeah what's that University of Vermont. Okay. And mine started off actually as something called Gathering of the Minds. Okay. So we would do these events. Sort of, it was an event platform. People could host them around different topics, but we would fuse that together with sort of like a music festival, arts festival atmosphere. So it was very like public forum, hybridized concert to make it more fun, not mm -hmm. just like stone cold, you know, topics. Right. And that was good. I then uh, worked at Gathering of the Vibes Music Festival, which is, you know, 30,000 people for four days, camping, Grateful Dead, wow. James Brown, that kind of stuff. All right, cool. And, you know, I've always been fascinated by crowds, leveraging crowd energy. And 
you know, I was actually anti-tech in the beginning. I was... I, how, how is anybody anti-tech? Exactly, exactly. But I know I was just disillusioned by what it was doing but, to but, people. It defi define anti-tech. I mean, like, just, just like, it, it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I was not in a state where I was recognizing the full spectrum of what the internet is capable of. I was just looking at people on Facebook all day and saying that I just don't want anything to do with that. Right. It's just not, it's damaging to human psychology. Right. And I think that I, I still recognize that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, then I started realizing, okay, so you have the surveillance model, the proprietary, closed source, extractive model that lots of websites are using. Mm -hmm. And then you have the free and open source, decentralized, more ethical end of the spectrum on the internet. So I didn't even realize that that existed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there was sort of different uh, types of technology from this like foundational sense of principles. Mm -hmm. uh, then I got obsessed. And when I started discovering like GNU Linux and how, you know, the things Mozilla was doing in Wikipedia and Internet Archive and you know, then blockchain started popping up and, you know, I realized that there was inevitably going to become a free and open source social network mm -hmm. because it happened with Wikipedia. Right. It happened with, you know, WordPress, open source, took over the CMS market. You know, now Bitcoin and Ethereum are doing it in the uh, money space and but even beyond that. And so why wouldn't it happen in social media? It's gonna happen in every industry. So simultaneously, some people in our company were starting these huge Facebook pages, and we had like five million followers on Facebook. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, we had a site, we were driving crazy traffic to it, but then Facebook's like, oh no, um, we're gonna change the algorithm so that you're only reaching 5% of your audience now, and you, then you have to pay. So, you know, everyone's likes have been dropping on Facebook because they're trying to monetize the newsfeed. Your newsfeed is some conglomeration of non-chronological weird stuff that they won't even show us how it works anymore. Right. So, you know, this killed the whole media industry and we realized, okay, our, it's not sustainable for any business to be outsourcing their social media. Right. So we started a social network and every time there's a big scandal, whether it's the surveillance stuff or the algorithms or the demonetization or the censorship, we would see these big waves of new users. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anyone can also take our stack and start their own social network. So it's not like necessarily all about minds.com. It's like we want to empower other people to control their own community mm -hmm. because it's just outsourcing it. Like we don't know what these companies are going to do mm -hmm. every day. So yeah, and here we are. And now we had a point system before we launched our own ERC-20 token where you would earn points for different activity on the network. So right. like, you know, you get voted on, you get commented on, people share your stuff, you make referrals, you would earn these points and you could use them to boost your post for more views. One right. point used to be equal to one view. Mm -hmm. You know, if you earn 5,000 points, you boost your photo and suddenly you got 5,000 people checking out your photo. So that became the most popular thing on Minds. And then, but we started seeing people were kind of trying to game it. And, you know, our whole point system was not as transparent as it could be because it was on our servers. So we were like, okay, this is a great use case for 
launching a token, having the whole supply be more transparent, everyone can track what's going on, mm -hmm. they can control their tokens in their own wallets. And yeah, so here we are. We um, are serving, like we're giving away basically like 50 to 75 million views a month to the community just mm -hmm. for being active. That's a lot of views, man. That's a lot of views, yeah. All right, so, so that was a lot. If you can do me a favor, sum up Minds.com in, in two sentences. Minds is an open source social networking platform that leverages crypto. Okay, and how does it leverage crypto again? So you earn crypto mm -hmm. for your activity, okay. our tokens, and you publish certain transactions to the blockchain. Okay. And you can also send tokens peer-to-peer -to, -peer to other users as either a tip or you can actually subscribe monthly okay. to them in exchange for rewards that they set. And okay, if they have your token, where do they get the money for the token? Do they turn it from Ethereum to your token? Yes. So they basically have to invest into your company or into this platform to be able to use it. That you, you can earn them for free. Okay, but well, then where does that money come from? What money? The tokens that you are gonna give them if they earn the tokens for free, but then they can turn that back into Ethereum? We created a supply of tokens. Okay. And we release them in correlation with the growth of the network. Okay. So 10% of the token supply is for sale. 90% mm -hmm. is for rewards. Okay. So, you know, we created the token mm -hmm. and we have the inventory to be able to serve the ads. And so we didn't need to pay money for that, but we have that, that inventory, which is valuable. That is sort of the real world tangible nature of our token is that one token equals a thousand impressions. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of pegged to that in a sense. I guess my question is with that as a indirect and roundabout way, what is the business model? So I, I guess if you have 10% of your tokens that were purchased and the other ones can be released with the growth of your network, that means that everybody's basic value is being diluted over time or is there a way to keep that value? You mean of the buyers? Of, of the token holders. So for example, at one point, let's say your 10% is out there. Mm -hmm. I have a thousand tokens, but then you release another 10%. That means my tokens would be worth less. Would that be it? Well, they'll still be worth a thousand views. Okay, so it's not a monetary value. The tokens are 15 cents for one token right now, and we're making a call to the price of Ethereum on an hourly basis to keep the price. You're pegged to the Ethereum price. We're, no, we're not pegged to the Ethereum price. Okay. We're pegged 15 cents because we don't want the value of the token to be fluctuating with the price of Ethereum. Okay. But ultimately, I think it would be good to synchronize the price of the token with sort of the market of the token, but we're also you know, being very focused on not encouraging secondary markets mm -hmm. because of the you know legal end of things we're focused on the value of the token on the platform we're not going around saying hey you're gonna make like a ton of money on this token right we're saying look you earn these tokens these tokens have value on the network you can use them to advertise you can use them to upgrade your account you can use them to send to other users but you know, yeah, we're not really engaging the secondary market which is which is dope of course I mean um, I, I guess of course that you know if you're looking at it from a you know, a content creator point of view, you know, let's say you have a, a pop in YouTube channel and you, you have like the next MKBHD on there and he has uh, 8 million views per episode and followers, you know, and he's like, man, I should be monetizing this, this opposed to say, uh, you know, you, YouTube where, you know, MKBHD probably makes a million dollars a month or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, is this a viable solution or business model for somebody that really pops off on, on your platform then? It is supplementary. We're not going around saying, you know, you're going to be able to 
you know, make a living on the tokens that you're earning okay. <laughs> on mines. But the way the business model works is people purchase the tokens and we, con that, this is an ongoing sale. It's not an ICO. Mm -hmm. So we sell the tokens, that we register that, that as deferred revenue, and it's sort of like a gift card or a video game token. Mm -hmm. Then when they redeem the tokens for advertising or XYZ, other utility, that's when we recognize the revenue. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been seeing revenue growth since since we launched the token. It's a little bit, we want to be able to sell the token for different types of crypto and, you know, potentially fiat too, because it's, it's sort of limiting, forcing people to have Ethereum in order to be able to sell your product. Right. There's, you know, only so many people in the world it's, yeah. know the, the about it. The market share, the pool of people is rather small yeah. at this point. Yeah. But we're probably going to bring in multi-currency support to the wires, the peer-to-peer -peer funding tool, so that you know users can earn other types of currencies as well, and people can support them with other crypto or potentially fiat, in if if they want to receive that as well. So right. it's not all about our token. Right on. Right on. Moving away from mines a little bit, we're in Ethereum Denver. We have a lot of people here set up booths, doing projects. What projects has caught your eye? And what makes you excited about blockchain in the uh, crypto space right now? Mm -hmm. Well, in this venue. My buddy Mark works with Grid Plus. Grid Plus. Familiar with them? Nope. You know, I can't, I'm, I'm not an expert on the model, but they're basically providing solar energy mm -hmm. with Ethereum. Okay. And I So did, it's like a power ledger model? I don't even know, but I know that there's a real world solution that they're providing that is you know grounded in renewable energy but i, I just like that combination the nope. fact that they're um, doing something real and one of the things that i'm hoping to find while i'm here is you know the gas issue which is the ethereum gas okay so basically what is the in, issue in the issue is the gas prices are too high so in order to you know when you make a transaction on Ethereum, you have to pay a gas fee. Right. So... For your, is this gas prices in general or gas prices for your business model? Well, I think everyone's frustrated with the gas prices. What are the gas prices these days? I haven't sent Ethereum in a while. I mean, for a boost on mines, if you do it on-chain, we allow people to do it off-chain as well, just because not most people aren't going to do that. But it's like a, a dollar. Oh, wow, that is high. Yeah. So... <sighs> You know, I get it why it's necessary, mm -hmm. but we have to fix it because it's not sustainable for or scalable for a network to be able to just to force everyone to pay for every transaction. That's why, like, cool projects like there's another decentralized social network called PeepEth, okay. which is fully on Ethereum. You, you know, you're paying for every everything you do, right? Every comment, every it's just. People aren't going to do that. No, people aren't going to do that. <laughs> no. Now, if they could choose for, for a free service like Facebook, even with all the bullshit there, mm -hmm. uh, or Twitter or whatever, it's free. Right. right. And if they want to pay for ads, they'll pay for ads. But right, as, as of right now, you can have that conversation for free. You might have to see some ads going there. Yes, you're going to see all kinds of stuff just because you search it on Google pop up in there. Right. But you'll tolerate it because it's free. I know. And that's also what's sad about it. So one of the things that we're going to be hacking this weekend is sort of a side prototype project called Nomad, mm -hmm. which uses, so every user on Minds has an Ethereum wallet right. address. So that address will be their username in this new ecosystem. And have you heard of the DAT protocol? No. 
it's more like a torrent style peer-to-peer network. Okay. So we're going to use the Ethereum address so that you know you can verify that this person is that person. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, Dat hosts all the content. So, so, with, so with the Ethereum address, are you guys using the OX, or is it the the OX actually hashed into something that, that's simpler, like my name, like Matthew Aaron? That's my username, but it's actually a hash of you hash my name. Into yeah, a, well, on Dat, it's just it's just the address. Okay, we need to do something about that. Okay, but on Mines, you have a username, and yeah, I need to write that down and remember that we need to we need to do something to make it a little bit more because, easy. Uh, because there's a, because I can't remember where you do that. Actually, I think it might be in my crypto where you can actually have your vanity name and people can send it to your vanity name. For example, Matthew Aaron is my address for F and you can type in Matthew Aaron and it's actually a, a hash of my mm. Ethereum address. Mm-hmm. They send it to me. Nice. Or is it an e- 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 email? It's something like this, Matthew Aaron dot something or, or whatever. And anyway. that's through what service? I think it's just my crypto. So. Going into the conference, we're both here for a conference. Why do you find it valuable to you to fly halfway across the United States, set up a booth, hang, hang out with everybody, rent a hotel to be here? What, is, what, what value is it for you? I mean, for us, this is the first time that I've even met our whole team because we have a fully, <laughs> fully remote team. Oh, that's awesome. I've, we've been working with uh, you know, a few guys in Argentina for a few years. Mm-hmm. Never met them face to face before. Awesome, man. So, you know, half the people on our team, it's my first time meeting them. We've known each other for years. And so, you know, face to face physical contact is, is really important for teams and for the community in general. I mean, and like I said, we started off as like live events, and now I feel like we've been sucked into the, the vortex of the web. And right. I want to find ways through our app to initiate physical gatherings more right because it's just so easy to get sucked away man that's really that's really important what you just said because as the listeners know um crypto 101's team is two to the breeze we have people in europe in in the uk which i'm not sure if they're the same anymore they mm-hmm. is the eu is the uk or should i call them separate they're getting a little sensitive anymore australia south america the u.s all over the u.s and i haven't met most of them I mean, I've talked to him for years already, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've had, you know, in-depth conversations. I know the uh, blog writer and I, you know, he's in Australia and we've, you know, had a couple sessions where we're just like wrapping out over Skype, drinking whiskey together. Yeah. And I have never met the guy. <laughs> well, it, it's a beautiful thing that you can create real meaningful relationships online. Right. I mean, that is real. I, I, I'm not trying to undercut the value of it, but being able to, to bring it into the 3D reality. Absolutely. Makes a big difference. Cool, man. Cool. Before we get off today, first I want to say uh, thank you very much for reaching out to us. Thank you very much for coming up the stairs. We are on the fifth floor in a room in the middle of nowhere in this building. You found us. Thank you very much, even though I know it was hard to find. Um, Before we get off, is there anything you'd like anybody to know about Minds.com and where can they find you besides Minds.com? Or is that it? I deleted Facebook. I deleted Twitter. I just deleted LinkedIn. Dude, I'm I am purging. You're you're going back off the grid. I'm, the technology I'm, you, can, you can find me at minds.com/slash/otman. O T T M A N. Message me. Grab the app. But yeah, I mean, it's not that I would only be on Minds. Uh, I just only want to be on open source 
mm-hmm. apps. I'm, I'm not interested in supporting software anymore that doesn't... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Give me the same respect that you know we're sort of trying to give. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. It's like a drug. It's, it's a drug addiction is mm. the thing with Facebook and Instagram. Like the thing about Instagram, which is so frustrating, is it's a beautifully designed app, mm. you know, just aesthetically. Those designers are brilliant. But, you know, now they're integrating the messengers from WhatsApp and Facebook and Instagram. It's all going to – it's just so dirty that I feel <laughs> – it's like being up here in the mountains. It's like once you're out of there, you realize that life can go on without them. You can still communicate with people. And th- that's part of the process of our company too. Is like we just ditched GitHub for GitLab. We're trying to why? Because GitHub is proprietary. GitLab is open source. Okay. There so you go. it's like we're trying to we ditched Slack. We built our own groups feature. We're trying to really like be authentically building the open source solution as opposed to continuing to feed those others. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, even though they're cool apps, they're just they're not contributing to global innovation collaboration the same way as as Ethereum is. I mean, Ethereum is beautiful because it's like this open platform that anyone can build on. Mm -hmm. That is what we need. Okay. Cool, man. Bill, I want to say thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101. Thank you very much for making your way over here to Denver to see everybody and to see your team. I'm going to go downstairs with you right now and meet them. Nice. All right, brother. And now a word from our sponsor. LinkedIn. When it's time for me to hire somebody for my small business, I want to find the best person for the job. And odds are that person's on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to get matched with quality candidates who can make the most sense for your role. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard skills and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role the best. People come to LinkedIn Jobs every day to learn and advance their careers. So LinkedIn understands what they're interested in and looking for, which means when I use LinkedIn Jobs to hire someone, my matches are based on much more than just a resume. And that makes me happy because being with Crypto 101, I have certain goals and certain passions that I want to make sure are matched. And LinkedIn Jobs matches are based on that. Skills and background, okay, but also interests, activities, and of course, passions. And I'm passionate about blockchain and cryptocurrency. So that's why customers rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires. So post your job today at linkedin.com slash crypto and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash crypto. Terms and conditions apply. Now, back to the show with Bounties Network.
Simona Pop, CMO and co-founder of Bouncy's Network. Welcome to Crypto 101. Thank you so much, Brad. Great to be here. I am a little disappointed that I didn't get to see you in Denver. I saw that you were moderating a panel there and we were supposed to meet up, but we didn't. Didn't. But it's okay. You know, there is uh, the ETH events calendar is just getting started. So I'm pretty sure we will have the chance to meet IRL at some point. But it's really good that we we get a chance to, to catch up like this. IRL? In real life. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> oh. In fact, one of the, um, so the title for the panel that I was moderating was Impact IRL, um, Empowering People and Effecting Change, because what I found a lot of, um, particularly in this past year or um, across 2018, was there's a lot of talk about impact and not that much walk when it comes to impact. So really wanted to highlight stuff that's actually happening. So I also want the listeners to know that POP, P-O-P, is actually your last name. That is the coolest last name ever. <laughs> Thank you. And a lot of people do genuinely ask me, is that your real name? Um, yes, it is. It's not a stage name, but uh, I, I guess it, it makes complete sense um, with having that name and being in in the role that I am in, you know, as co-founder and, and dealing with marketing and communication. I think that's a that's a pretty good alignment. Absolutely. Let's go into Bounty's Network 101. Since we're here to communicate what is Bounty Network and let everybody know what this project is, um, let's just hop right into it. Tell us about Bounty's Network. So we created the Standard Bounties Protocol. I say we, um, that would be Mark, Mark Balin, who is the CEO of the project and, and my co-founder. He created the Standard Bounties Protocol in 2017. Um, and we went live on mainnet with the protocol and an explorer um, in October 2017. So we were one of the, the first projects to actually launch on mainnet and have um, experience with real users, which is everybody's favorite audience. And so from there, we really just um, started working on what does it mean to have a, a bounty or a bounties network. Um, and essentially, just again, because we are on 101, a bounty is essentially a task that somebody fulfills, that is created, somebody fulfills it, and there is a reward at the end. The rewards, because we are built on the Ethereum blockchain, are in ETH or any ERC20 token. Um, we're also working on um, our standard bounties 2.0 version of the protocol, where we will also have NFTs in there. Um, and then in time, we'll potentially um, add other uh, coins as well, like Bitcoin and and, and so on. Excellent. So I have I have two questions that came out of that really quick. Is the first is whose mainnet did you launch on? Is it uh, just a side chain or did you have your own mainnet that's uh, running parallel to Ethereum? Because you said it's on the Ethereum network. And I'm, my other my second question with that is is bounties. Who is you said that you have actual users? Who are the actual users and what are they doing? to collect bounties. Okay. So yes, we are on the Ethereum mainnet. We launched from the beginning um, straight on the main network. And in terms of users, we started as any project in the space, I think, with a very, very small core set of developers, right? So it was developer users that were mainly using bounties for code, for bugs, and so on, like very, very traditional use case for bounties. 
But then at the beginning of 2018, we really um, started looking at the at the application of bounties across other verticals, because I swiftly realized that it's actually a very, very flexible format, and it's a very easily tailorable and easily kind of moldable format that you could use to incentivize and organize action. And from there, we started experimenting with things like research bounties, right? If you needed a questionnaire filled out, or if you wanted to research a certain topic, or if you wanted to get feedback, or if you wanted to um, find out more about your users or your community, you could easily incentivize them by putting that particular questionnaire or however um, you were gathering this, um, this information into a bounty. Then we um, we started doing translation bounties, which were incredibly popular, design bounties, even music creation bounties. So we had RAC, who's an awesome um, artist, actually bounty out uh, a violin part for one of his tracks. And he essentially just put the notes out there and then people submitted the part played on violin and then he included it in the song. We also have art bounties. We have, and when I say art bounties, basically I just launched this project called the Faces of Ethereum, where I want people to submit portraits of the people building our ecosystem and building this technology um, and incentivizing them to do so. And gathering those um, works of art, then creating a big piece made up of all of these smaller pieces, set it up on Pixura, which is um, an art platform, again, on the Ethereum blockchain. They just launched on um, Mainnet, I think, last week, and then potentially sell this big piece DevCon and then um, send the funds to to all the the artists that contributed. So the idea here is really anybody can create a bounty and anybody can fulfill it. You you don't necessarily need to have technical background or a deep understanding of what blockchain is and how it works and how it functions to be able to fulfill bounties. And that's what I mean by real users. They really do come from not only just... Um, f- across the world, I think we have people from about 115 countries, but also from a variety of backgrounds and a variety of talent, talents, skill sets, and so on. You know, I really like the the idea of this, actually, because not only can you look for different talents around to create and outsource basically a lot of different work that you might have, but it seems as though it's a very easy business plan because you do not need income. Your income comes from the people that are putting the bounty up for the work that they're going to do. So you created basically a middleman or a connector between you know people that want work and the, the creators that can do the work. So that seems just a very easy, you know, sustainable business model. However, how do you monetize? And is that, is that collecting a little bit of you know um, a percentage by the transactions for somebody who puts up the bounty and somebody who collects the bounty? So we very much focus first on proving that this works. Right. So when we set out um, and again, throughout 2018, it was very much to verify a lot of the assumptions that we had. Um, In fact, that bounties were incredibly, incredibly useful, again, for incentivizing and organizing action. Um, As we mature as a product and as we have been maturing as a product, we will test out a few different ways of of monetizing. Again, it could be um, us charging the, the companies or organizations 
organizations or projects that set up the the bounties or bounty campaigns. And again, that would come with a little bit more of a, um, I guess, involved uh, participation from from us as an entity, but also the um, microtransactions and um, taking a little bit off the transactions is also a very, very viable alternative. So I think we are, because this is a a technology that's very much in in its infancy and because we have done so much on it already, I think testing it and making sure that we find the the right model for all of our users is absolutely key. Um, one of the the main problems that you have had with, you know, future of work, let's say, platforms or, or freelancing platforms so far is that um, they always charge ridiculous fees. They always, um, there is no transparency in terms of what the protections are for the freelancers working um, on, on certain projects. There is no guarantee that the funds are there um, for the freelancers to get paid. So we really want to eliminate this whole, all of this opacity and all of this, um, I don't know, uh, convoluted way of outsourcing work and and then tapping into a pool of work and really moving it to to where it should be, where it's it's fair all around. Okay, so it's on the Ethereum network. Does that mean that these bounties are locked up in smart contracts? Yeah. So, okay. Can you can you go through? Can you explain the process of say the operations? If I was an average consumer and I was going to go to bounties.network, and want to set up a bounty for some, say, artwork or some maybe uh, website design. Can you go through the process and how it would work from the beginning to the end payout? Absolutely. So one of the main things that we did, again, in, in 2018, was to redesign the Explorer based on the feedback that we got from our, our users up until that point. And what that meant was to redesign it and not only make it fully responsive on mobile, but also lead the user through key steps. Um, And I think that is a problem that a lot of of, um, apps in the blockchain space have where they aren't necessarily intuitive and they are very much geared towards a a very technical audience. Um, And because of this redesign and because of the ease of use, we actually saw a huge increase in the creation and the fulfillment of bounties on mobile. And so much so that we actually won one of the UX awards at DEF CON in Prague last year, and it was for general user experience. And the reason why I wanted to lead up with that is because the actual steps of creating a bounty are incredibly, incredibly simple. So if you go to bounties.network, you will have a button that says Explorer. Okay, actually, I'm going to do it right now with you. Yes. Awesome. I'm doing it. Okay, I'm here. So you go where you see the Explore Bounties mm-hmm. above the fold. So click on that. Got it. And then depending on whether you have a wallet or not, you will get a different set of prompts. Do you have a wallet and what browser are you using? I am going to be on Chrome and I'm going to hook up my MetaMask. So here's the thing. If you didn't have your MetaMask extension, it will tell you that you are not Web3 enabled and then send you to MetaMask on desktop. It will send you to Coinbase wallet on iOS. If you're um, accessing it from your, your iPhone or it will send you to status if you are on Android. Okay. And you will get a prompt and it will send you through all of the steps to to set that up. So if you want to log into your MetaMask, you do need to be logged in to create a new bounty and to fulfill a bounty. Okay. Next up. Click on create new bounty on the top right. 
you should get a notification. I don't know if you've already connected through through the wallet. But anyway, already connected. Screen for create a bounty. Okay. And then essentially from there is it's very, very straightforward. You have the title. So you put in a title the same way as you would write anything. Just make it as clear as possible. Then you have the description section, which has which is broken down into three sections. So you have the description and that's where you put everything people would need to know about your project, what you want them to do. And and I always say, and this is something that I'm actually putting together, which is a, a best practices guide where it's include as much detail as possible because you do want to tell that story to the people fulfilling as to what your project is, what they should do, why they should do it, and so on. All right. I'm actually not doing that. I'm going to go over here and pop out, and I'm going to this one that says, propose a new hoodie or T-shirt design for the Opera Crypto Shop. Mm. And I am looking at this one, and I'm reading their uh, description, the requirements. Yes. And sign in to fulfill it. And so basically, yeah, they offered a hundred bucks to make a new t-shirt design. Yep. And you can see there, the requirements are original work, what the file should be, what the format should be. And of course, you're not employed by Opera. And I'm pretty sure you're not. (laughs) I am not. (laughs) But essentially, you can see just how simple things are. And you can also see that this bounty, the Opera one, already has five submissions. And the reason why, and you can see they are private, the reason why some people choose to set their submissions to private is to have a little bit more control over people not copying off each other, especially when it's creative work. Right. Of course. Of course. Mm. I don't want to get too far into this, but is it possible to have these different submissions IP'd and stored on, like, say, an ERC-721? I think that's the IP token, isn't it? That's NFTs. Oh, NFT. NFTs are 721s. Right, right. So, so, but those can um, have IP, like your IP, protected on 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 the blockchain, correct? Right. So, is there a way to link your say that these these designs in an NFT or the uh, 721 tokens? When we have that as part of our standard bounties 2.0, yes. Cool. I think this is a really cool project. I hope that some people go check it out. I might try to use it because I do need some design work and I wouldn't mind just using it for for the fun of it. So I appreciate the 101 on Bounties Network. Is there anything else you would like the listeners to know about Bounties.network? Yes, I would love for them to also know that we have applied Bounties and have several projects going on social impact. And that is essentially um, been driven by our goal of creating new means of income for people anywhere in the world. And I would love to be able to share some of the projects that we've been doing. I don't know if we can um, share them in terms of links that people can look into, but also wanted to point out that we have just launched a project with UNICEF um, and we created and minted a token called the Boost token that essentially has no monetary value. It is very much a, let's say, a reward and a reputation piece for people that aims at recognizing positive action. So this could be anything like involvement in the community or um, mentoring people or hacking on impact tracks or impact projects at hackathons. And it's really something that we see as ongoing where we build it to the point where certain projects or certain individuals can access rewards like mentorship from the UNICEF innovation labs or venture labs or access to resources from the UNICEF venture arm um, that really focuses on empowering and boosting these um, projects to actually um, become, you know, again, 
IRL <laughs> projects that, that then take off and benefit the world. Awesome. Simona Pop, CMO of Bounties Network. Thank you for coming on Crypto 101. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Bill and Simona Pop, thank you for coming on the show. It was very nice to meet you and talk to you. In our next episode of Crypto 101, we have on another 101 episode on IOST, a crypto company that is taking the crypto market cap by storm, moving its way up the charts, and we're going to see what they're all about. You know, I'm always skeptical. Let's see how they answer my questions. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and rate us, leave us a comment, and share with your friends, family, or whoever, co-workers, so they also can learn about blockchain technology, the future, full stop. And maybe, maybe find a new hobby or something they're interested in that can set them up a little better for the future. Remember to go to Crypto101Podcast.com, enter your email to be notified when our book comes out so you can get your free copy. And we'll see you in future episodes of Crypto 101. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.